Welcome to Kyle and Dave vs. the Machine. My name is Kyle. Uh, apparently I'm Krajian, according to Kyle. Yeah. And I'm the machine. And this is a podcast where a sentient machine is forcing us each season to watch movies from a specific year in order to prevent it from starting the apocalypse. The machine still threatens our lives if we don't review the films it asks us to, although we do tend to talk about the ideas of the movie rather than the movie itself. And today, we're going to be watching the film Crazy Rich Asians. Rich, we've been dating for over a year now, and I think it's about time people met my beautiful girlfriend. What about us taking an adventure east? Like Queens? Singapore. Colin's wedding. Don't you want to be my family? I hardly know anything about them. Every time I bring them up, it changes the subject. Maybe his parents are poor and he has to send them money. Let's take a bag and get you checked into first class. Nick, we can't afford this. So your family is rich? We're comfortable. That is exactly what a super rich person would say. This week, we actually have a guest, so we're going to forego like our deep and rich fiction that we provide <laughs> our listeners each and every week. It's a tough one. Uh, Alice tough Lamb, one. thank you so much for coming back. Yay, I'm so excited to be here. I realized the last time you were on, like a fool, <laughs> while I was editing the podcast together, it's like, not once did I ask you... <laughs> Like how people can find you online, what you do, all that kind of stuff. So maybe now is a good time to do that. Yeah, I presume too much. Well, um, so I'm an avid volunteer in uh, Calgary's Chinatown. So that's why I feel like I'm really excited to talk about this movie. So if you want to find me on Instagram, it's Friends of Chinatown YYC. And then I am a prominent volunteer in Calgary's nonprofit sector. And so on Twitter, it's ALAMYYC, and I tweet a lot of stuff about, you know, our society, civic participation, social justice, cool things happening in our communities. And for my day job, I work in commercial real estate. And so, you know, if anybody's ever looking for space, you can hit me up. Excellent. Okay, perfect. Kyle needs to move out. Well, n- not not commercially, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's the issue. The movie we're talking about here today had a huge cultural imprint, mm-hmm. in my opinion, when it came out in 2018. But it is based on a book series. Alice, have you read any of the books? I have read all the books. <laughs> okay, there's three of yeah, them, correct? And they're amazing. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about them because I have not read any of the books. Okay, well, it's like rom com in a book, you know, chick lit. And it was kind of, I think I just picked it up at an airport one day and it kind of took the world off by storm because of its content, like being focused on kind of this upper scale Asian elite life that we really don't get to hear or know a lot about. And the writer, he, like well known for being from that what do you call it social class i guess like he kind of grew up amongst yeah. like the, the wealthy of singapore and the chi- like chinese singaporeans and so um getting his in-depth look at what life is like and getting a bit, bit of satire out of it was super interesting and it was kind of like reading a book about like real it's like reality tv in a book and so everybody ate it up and then when the movie came out everybody was super excited because up until then there really hadn't been like any sort of real movie other than joy luck club or something like that or crouching tiger hidden dragon yeah or memoirs of a geisha that had like such famous presence you know like it kind of everybody went to see it like sold out theaters kind of style so the books are really good you didn't see it no oh my god no this is dave's first time watching this movie oh okay helen owns it yeah. Alice, Helen owns it and I refuse to watch yeah, it. It's so yeah. I mean, like everything, the books are better than the movie, but the movie's quite good, you know? Everybody should read the books. 
I love going around bookstores. So I like just like going up and down the aisle, seeing what's there, kind of window shopping without ever buying anything. And I always found like the covers for these books so like eye-catching. They, I don't know, it's like almost like an Art Deco style to the covers that like kind of draws yeah, you in. Yeah, it's beautiful. And well, not that much because you didn't read it. I didn't read them. <laughs> <laughs> I like the covers. But it caught people's attention. And then it's like, of course, with like capitalism and kind of where like China's been heading, you know, like everybody's heard about the enormous wealth that has like been coming out of China, but we don't really know a lot about it. And this one was unique in that it focused on Singapore first. So this is the original group of like Chinese diaspora, like the people who were like in the 1800s, like grew this, we are taking our money and going to basically not colonize, but develop other places, you know, and take advantage of the capitalistic market, you know, marketplace that's happening there that we know will not fare well in China. And so historically, it's very interesting. In my family, we're not crazy or rich Asians. But, you know, we knew like the whole reason my grandpa left China to go to Vietnam was for this type of thing, right? They had heard that there were groups mm. of Chinese people who were able to like make really profitable lives in these like Southeast Asian countries. And so, yeah, I was like, oh, I kind of have a link in that way. Unfortunately, communism mm. followed us to Vietnam and then everything. <laughs> sure. The rest is history. We ended up in Canada. <laughs> yeah. The capitalists tried. Yeah. Just yeah. The saddest day in the history of the world. Dave, why were you so against this movie? Why was I so against this movie? In principle, for all of the reasons. I don't like, I don't know, what's the best way to put this? I You don't like fun. It appeared to me very performative. I don't like this idea of countering white colonial narratives with an Asian colonial narrative. I thought that the hype was too much for me to jump aboard. And I think that at the end of the day, when Helen went to watch it in the theater, she was so excited about it. She bought it. I think she read the book. Like, she's a super fan of this. And every time she talked about it, kind of like you brought up Alice, I was like, this is a reality TV show and I fucking hate <laughs> reality TV shows. Like, I can't I can't see this as uh, something heroic. And the media was really pushing this narrative that this was going to revolutionize not just Asian culture in America, but like Asian respect, you know, because mm. it was couched in this money language. And so I thought to myself, I don't really want to buy into that. You know, when we bring up like Joy Luck Club or any of these more dramatic attempts, I mean, there's a reason as well why they didn't really, you know, start the fire. They're a little too depressing. You know, I just, I just didn't want to buy into it. So this will be my concession viewing. And uh, <laughs> Helen's super stoked that I'm going to finally give up my uh, curmudgeonness and watch it and under yeah. the presumption that we watched it it was uh yeah it was it was fine it was fine <laughs> so i did not remember this i i also saw this in theaters and i didn't realize until i looked back in my uh, letterbox history um i got an advanced ticket to go and see Ooh. this so i saw this like a week before it got released in the theaters and oh my god lucky I'm desperately trying to figure out why I was given <laughs> an advanced ticket. I just don't remember, but definitely I did. So uh, so I went there, watched the movie. Um, I, I didn't know too much about the, the book series other than the covers that I had seen. But I was excited about it because, I mean, again, the the narrative, I guess, that, that had sprung up around this was like, this was the testing ground to see if Asian actors could lead a movie and become successful. In America, in America. Yeah. In America, yeah, 100%. Yeah, uh, definitely in America. Asians do um, have a film. Uh, film culture do they though <laughs> i don't know 
<laughs> no, for sure. For sure. We're talking about like North America box office here. That was kind of the open question, even like a week leading up into this. Like, like is this going to like flounder and bomb? Uh, a lot of prominent Asian actors and entertainers were like buying out theaters to like show this film to a bunch of people. So there, there was a lot of enthusiasm behind this. So I was rooting for it because writing off an entire race of people saying, well, they can't be leads of movies always seemed a little bit weird to me. That's the thing. It's not even a race. Anyways, it's just, it, it know, should be more nuanced same. than this, but okay, let's it keep. It should be, but I, I'm talking in the, in the style of, of Hollywood okay. who talks about like, well, women can't lead a film, can they, Dave? <laughs> or like, or, or black people can't lead a film. That was like the big thing for years all until right, Will Smith right. did it. Yeah. So I changed my background to uh, Singapore. Yeah. Just Where are you Singapore. now? I love it. Singapore? I'm in Singapore. Yeah. Anyways, I, I remember going and seeing it, and I do remember that my response to the film itself, even though I liked a lot of elements of it, uh, I remember coming out of it being like, it was it was okay, but I was hoping for something a bit mm. more. And with this rewatch, I'll get into, I think, the why behind my muted response at the time. I'm excited to, to jump into this. Alice, uh, conservatively, do you know how many times you've seen this movie? At least 10. <laughs> Yeah, like okay. it's like my dad's favorite movie like he loves it he's always like put on crazy rich asians because i think in a way um he still like wants that life you know like any sort yeah. of like refugee immigrant person who's like built their way up like they're like that's what i want like i want to have this legacy and power right like the really toxic power of like basically colonizing a place that david talked about sure. does he pick up on like the generational guilt that goes through this movie at all <laughs> No, like, I think that not really, because I feel like he also comes from a generation of like sacrifice, like sacrifice for family yeah, is sure. so normal and such like a rite of passage for Chinese people. Um, for us, like our generation and even the generation before, like we, especially when we're like third culture kids, you know, like we're really fighting against that, even though I still feel like immense guilt, like I still feel like I need to get married to like the proper person and like, you know, do whatever is right and honorable for my family like during Mulan, you know? Quit your job to but, make a home. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, now, <laughs> it's, now it's like even more. <laughs> it's like, have your job, have five kids, like have yeah. a perfect home. Like there's so much pressure on women. And so this film also touched on kind of like the feminism part of it a little bit, right? Like where Rachel was like, F you guys, like I'm just going to yeah. go and do my own thing. Like I don't need, I'm not like property that I can, you can just kind of push back and forth. She made a sacrifice, right? Spoiler alert, but I don't know. Did it? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> First, second, third generation American, Canadian, Asian will understand the broader difficulty of the culture gap that mm -hmm. most white people will not understand at all, unless they also come from sort of war-torn sure. immigration yeah. families. But even then, you don't have the Confucian pressure. Okay. So it's something to witness. And I'm more interested in uh, Kyle's Crasian uh, take yeah. on this. Uh, how much Bring white guilt that. can one man embody? Can one man great. embody yeah. at the same time? Mm -hmm. Dave, I'm here to listen, okay? <laughs> I'm an ally, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> this is our chance to finally speak freely. Yes. <laughs> it's all your fault, Kyle. That's Let's do this. Do. We're going to take a small little break, and then when we return, we'll be talking much more about uh, Crazy Rich Asians. So Dave, we're in the break section here. Yeah. What are, what are, what's our communication to the people that are listening out there? Oh, we'll be quick. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, we don't have any sponsors anymore. I am crazy, but I'm not rich. Uh, and so we need financial You're support. You're emotionally rich. Isn't that m more important? Uh, yeah, 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 it is. Mm -hmm. Except then we have to 
pay for the production of this podcast. Sure. So what what is your pitch? What what can we do to earn money other than the uh, peace growing we have out there? Marry up. We could marry up. <laughs> marry yeah. up. That's right. Yeah, just send us some of your excess millions of dollars <laughs> from real estate purchases. Yes. And Henry, uh, Henry, or you can Henry reach out to us by email directly if there's something that you want us to promote on this very show. Mm-hmm. So you can do that and uh, we'll we'll talk about it with i will say within reason we we might have to veto no no we have no scruples yeah at this <laughs> point we shouldn't be very choosy i'll be choosy for the both of us all right well we're back here we have now rewatched crazy rich agents um alice i'm going to give you the task of this let's say that i don't ah, know i'm in calgary's this. chinatown we're about to watch uh, the Big Trouble in Little China documentary. But before we can get a chance to start the film rolling, someone runs up to you with a DVD copy of Crazy Rich Asians and asks you, what's this film about? How would you answer them? Oh my gosh, where do I be? And I'll be like, okay, first take a seat. We're going to be here for a while. I'm going to cancel the movie screening because this is going to be... <laughs> it's going to take me a few hours. But really, it's about, you know, a girl who's searching for her identity. Um, She lives in New York, met this person who she believes to be of a certain identity. He invites her to a wedding. When they get to Singapore, where the wedding is being held, her world gets turned upside down because she realizes that not only was this person handsome and smart and worked at the university, but he's also a bajillionaire. Oh my gosh. And she's entered into this very classist, hierarchical kind of Singaporean society of like a Chinese, like a major Chinese wealthy family in Singapore. And so she has to navigate all the like new nuances, the this high society, and also has to figure out who's a true ally and who's out to get her. And then of course, like any good movie, the mother of the son despises her, thinks that she's a country bumpkin and should not and is not good enough to marry her son and does everything in her power to try to slip him up and so that's that's basically the movie does love prevail we don't know <laughs> yes yeah it, it will <laughs> it does <laughs> so i would be like you have to watch it right 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 yeah, but sure. other than that it also yeah. i don't remember the last time a major motion picture was set in singapore so it really does also show mm, you yeah. like this beautiful country that has, I don't know if you guys know, but for the listeners, like it's only been around for like less than 50 years or something like that. Like it's a pretty new developed country. And prior to that, it was basically like what some, even their politicians call it, it was like, essentially like a swamp with like malaria. Like it really was yeah. a bad place and they were able to develop it. So it's also really cool to see this like giant metropolis that has emerged. Kyle, do you know why it's so clean? Well, it's pre-authoritarian, is it not? Yes. Or to keep it clean? Um, well, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> this is my white privilege of the only other time I have ever heard Singapore referenced in my entire life was back late 80s, early 90s. I was young when there was that story about the American traveler who got caned or whipped or something for spitting gum out on the street. Yeah, do not spit. Do not spit on the street in Singapore. Anyways, that's the only last time I heard about Singapore. You can chew gum now. Yeah. Like I was just in Singapore a month yeah. ago and we asked, Ooh. I was like, can you chew gum? And they're like, yes, you can chew gum, but it's just like, don't spit on the ground. It's really hard to get out. Well, yeah. Can we just say, don't do that here. I don't understand people who do oh, that man. here. We so. were just at Lilac Festival and somebody like threw their trash at our feet as they walked by in the opposing <laughs> lane. Like what the fuck is wrong with human beings in this country? They just, yeah. the world is a litter box. It's so gross. So gross. They should put them this in jail. Is also- there, there was a 
Twitter thread that enraged me the other day about this person who was being very earnest and like, yeah, like at the end of the movie theater, I just dump out all my unused popcorn and stuff on the ground no. for the people to clean up. No. Come on. Like, you are psychotic. You are not. psychotic. I would. And they're like little kids that work there. Yeah, oh. like teenagers. It's just like, well, what are they going to do? They won't have a job, Dave, if I don't pour it out <laughs> on the ground. I, I That's don't get like it. psychotic. Like, because they oh. have it is bins with garbage. They have garbage cans. Like, that's insane. I it's right that. there. It's the easiest thing. You literally walk down two steps and drop oh, it. That's oh. a whole other podcast, movie theater etiquette. I also dump out my soda. Dave, what were your thoughts on this first viewing of Crazy Rich Asians? Uh, yeah, it, it was it was fine. I think it was exactly what I assumed it was going to be. I'm not a huge fan of rom-coms, but it, it was fine. Is it Harry or Henry Golding? Henry. Handsome guy. I saw him first in that Guy Ritchie movie, and he's fucking terrible in it. So uh, I was quite surprised. He was kind of good in this movie. I he was sweet. He was good in this movie. Bad in- the in guy, the Guy Ritchie in the one? Gentleman? That's because you're enamored with him because of this movie. You're just no, picturing his character. No, I actually don't think he's hot, <laughs> handsome, to be honest. I know. It's, uh, oh, charming, it's very... Charming. I don't even think he's that charming because he talks with that like weird British kind of like Awful. Prince Charles yes. thing that I hate. But isn't that his real voice? Am I making that up? That That's not his Who real knows? accent? I don't know. He's an now actor. Now I just feel like a dick. Like I'm just making fun of this guy's voice. I will be the I'll be the defender then. I think he is charming and I do think he's handsome. <laughs> so. uh, anyways, so he's he's fine. I am not a Constance Wu fan. I'm uh, not. I find yeah, her, you have this weird. Yeah, she's such a sucky face. She's always crying and upset. And I like her. That's why she got cast in this for the second half of the film. I don't know. I mean, I love I love Aquafina. I love mm-hmm. Aquafina. I, I'd never seen Aquafina before this movie when it came out, you know, five years ago. Ronnie Chang is one of the funniest comedians. Ronnie Chang is amazing. Oh man, all his specials are so yeah. good, and his specials are more are more intelligent and poignant on the messaging of this film, and more hilarious because this is all he talks about is this like conflict between American, Asian, and class culture. Yeah, but sure. at any rate, um, I I was a little perturbed. I mean. Ken Jeong's always 50-50, but casting a weird Korean guy to act as a Chinese nouveau rich who's faking an accent, like it was, that was a little complex for me. weird, yeah. I don't even think it's in the book, just saying. Probably not. I don't know. It felt weird. So, so, wait, wait, wait. Are you saying who's who's faking the accent? Ken Jeong. Oh, it's okay. There's like a scene where he like meets Constance Wu and he's like, being very like I can't speak English, and yeah. then he's like, "I'm fucking stereotypical." Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then he mm-hmm. goes full American. Yeah. I don't know. So that's nitpicky. I <laughs> I think overall, uh, uh, so those bits. What I read after is that this book is actually satirical. Uh, yes. Which yeah. So like the parts other than Jimmy O Yang, I thought he was awful in it. Where it's like kind of hangoverish are pretty funny in little, little clips, and the comedians are good. Aquafina is hilarious in this. I think she's really good in this. She's in great. In this I, movie. I would go so far to say she's great in this movie. Yeah. But overall, like you know, I, I already have a bias. Like uh, spoil alert, you know, proposing on airplanes, fucking so cheesy. But uh, oh, I'm totally about <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, I'm totally you know, about uh, it. You know what upset me the most is. Uh, how like you could i always kyle knows this but i knew this was a guy that wrote it as constance Wu's character is so fucking pathetic yeah until the very end of the movie and it's such a missed opportunity if we're going to talk about gender problems and class warfare and confucian culture i think, I think we sh- 
well, we should talk about the writers of this movie because there is something to discuss in in that area. But. Yeah, I know about how the female screenwriter. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know the controversy, I say, yeah, yeah. and that's brutal in itself, but also telling, right? Uh, oh yeah, no, I agree. So that was that was it. So I mean, I I watched the whole thing. I didn't turn off. I didn't scrub. I didn't uh, make too many snide comments. Uh, I had some good giggles because some of the com- comedy lands well. But overall, this is not. Uh, this is not for me an anthem of Asian culture. I think it's something that got import for a good reason, but I don't know. I'm, well, I'm too. Uh, I'm too angry. And also see how far we've come, right, from this movie to everything, everywhere, all at once. You know, which is like sure. done yes. in 100%. a more, much more thoughtful way. Still, yeah. you know, some things where I was like cringe, but way better. <laughs> miles ahead yeah, yeah. So, i think i think you see that direct yeah. line from this movie allowing that movie to even be funded in the it first is. place in fact you can even do it like when this movie becomes as successful as it is marvel then fast tracks shang yeah, yeah. to totally. go into production because it was the proving test point to be like oh, okay this they're ready for it now we can make they're ready a film <laughs> yeah asian people were not ready until 2018 well <laughs> Uh, I'm saying the general audiences weren't ready because Dave, I don't know if you know this, uh, kind of racist. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that. When did Parasite win? Oh. Is it uh, this 20... year? No, 2019. It would be the year, the year after. after. Interesting. It's interesting, Dave, because we are diametrically opposed as far as our thoughts Everything. are on uh, romantic comedies, right? right you right. just don't like them. I don't. I'm a big fan of romantic comedies. I hate the mythology around them. Yeah, see, I do. I say like, I don't. Fi- I, it's it's a fantasy. You're 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 succumbing to a fantasy of of romance, and I I, I totally the, am on the board wedding with scene that. in this film is offensive. Oh, see, I love the wedding uh, scene in this film. Gosh. Yeah, that's the part I like, like the what, most. You're so rich, you're going to throw away your dress so you can walk in a puddle. Like, all of yes. it. Weirdly, I remembered them Weirdly, I remember them being on a boat and t- that they totally are not. I just, yeah. for some reason, I thought they came on a boat. because they're walking the There is like a Do you know boat. Oh, they Yes. The bachelor party. Like the Maybe that's I'm conflating yeah. it or something like that. Anyways. Well, I was going to quickly ask Alice, like, is walking through... The river, a Singaporean thing, or is that literally just for opulence? It's for opulence, and it has become something that you can trending, do yeah. now for the wedding. People are like, yeah. "I want the crazy rich Asian wedding." Like when I was in Singapore, like I did a walking tour, and they're like, "This is where they had the wedding. This is where you can rent a boat to do the blah blah blah." Yeah, it's crazy. But I was, I was leading up to is saying that the part I do agree with you on is that for a rom-com, I just don't think there's enough calm in this movie. <laughs> I wish there was, they leaned more into the comedy bits, because I felt anytime they did, that's when it was at its best. Yeah. I love the Aquafina stuff. I mean, you mentioned the the airplane scene, but I love the fact that he's being interrupted and like putting people's baggage up and stuff like that. Like All that stuff works for me. I know, but aren't these pieces all pulled from pre-existing American rom-coms? I don't know, maybe. maybe. Just, they still worked for me. I still thought they were funny. All right, all right, all right. You're but there's not enough of them. And I feel like even though the couple of romantic bits, like the wedding, and uh, I even like their interplay as they're traveling over there, like when they're on that huge plane and they're, they're just like talking as a couple. I think that totally works for me. Oh, in the first but class. But then it gets into right. basically, a, yeah, and they, they get into like that straight drama for so long. Then I'm like, it's fine, but not as good as these other bits when you're actually leaning into the romance or you're leaning into the comedy bits. And that's kind of where I kind of feel I've settled on my response to this is like, when it's good, it's really good, and I'm like totally on board with it. And then I just have to like wait for those those bits to come. There's so many good looking people in this movie, though. So there's at least you got the <laughs> jaundice to look at. The yellow fever. Um, oh my god! I don't know about David. that. I will. S- <laughs> <laughs> 
I do think, I do think Chris <laughs> Pang is a very attractive man. I'll just put that out there. Uh, regardless, anyways, very attractive people in this movie. And I think Michelle Yeoh does such a great job in this movie yeah. too, both in like that uh, pre-credits sequence and then later on. Cause you basically have to believe this woman who's so icy, who has her own like pass she's had to like uh, measure up to someone else's expectations is just reiterating like the history of that mm-hmm. mentality. But then he switches at the very last moment. You know, she she makes it work for me. Yeah, I think that she plays like a really good tiger mom. And I think I know many mothers that are just like her, right? And many people like even in Asian culture in general, where it's like, I paid my dues, you have to pay yours. I made my sacrifice, you have to do. It's just the thing that we do. Like collectively, we suffer Mm -hmm. together and we never get to do what we want. And we can never be happy. But it's for the good of our people or for... You know, it's how we keep harmony or whatever. So it's very complex. But I think showing having movies like this and similar themes and everything everywhere all at once, you know, where it's like, just let go and be yourself. And I think it's important for like our generation to be able to have these conversations with our parents and, you know, have them reflect. Oh, I, I still can't have this conversation with my parents. I'm but... slowly edging. I have it more frequently than like in the past few years especially since the pandemic and spending so much time with them i have a lot of conversations about like model minority and like proximity to whiteness and things like that and just you know well if you're if your dad will watch this movie he's already got an open ear right well he wants to watch it for all the wrong reasons though because he wants to watch it he's like <laughs> yes that is exactly what i want <laughs> he's like See, it it works all, out. <laughs> he's like you just need well, to marry like a rich billionaire like that's that's all you have to try do. harder on when i was flying to singapore he was like keep your eye out on the plane you might meet somebody like <laughs> you know like one of the characters a in billionaire. the movie it didn't happen <laughs> spoiler alert mm. i did not meet anybody <laughs> your eyes were like wide yeah, open the I'm entire like, yeah, time just trying to <laughs> rich they're not sitting in economy that's for damn sure so you know <laughs> <laughs> well maybe not this is the problem they don't exist yeah well, yeah, of course not. I'm still pretty sure I'm going to marry a billionaire. I was joking with Kyle that uh, the gross kid from Spider-Man is super gross in this movie. Uh, whatever that kid's name is. I hope he gets oh. a normal role. Oh, he's like the weird cousin the kid? Brother. Yeah, the one that keeps having yeah, sex with the I don't know the why pornog- this, that character is even in this movie, to be honest with you. It, it's well, how, weird. How well do you remember the book, Alice? Because I have some questions about some of these characters. I don't think, like, it's not a thing. It was for the movie. Like, the yeah. book was really deep into the backstories of each of the characters. Like, there's a whole mm. narrative. Like, this kind of comedy stuff actually doesn't really, isn't that common. Like, you're, like, flipping through because you're not, like, ooh, looking for the next laugh. I'm, like, reading this book being, like, what happens to her? What happens to the character? It gets very mm-hmm. scathing and scandalous in each of the family members, which it doesn't really show in this movie, has their own problems, right? So that's another theme where it's, like, it's just a facade because everybody's fucked up, you know? Everybody, regardless of how much privilege you have, you have these problems that, you know, tie us all together as humans. That, that, that's the thing about it is like, I, I, and I don't really know what the solve is for this because either it's going to be a three hour long film or you just cut out most of the characters because I do feel that so many of the side stories kind of don't get enough attention. They feel like they're either fast forwarded or like, why are we spending time with with this subplot that doesn't seem to be tied into like the main storyline that's going through it there's some that are compelling but i mean i'll just call the one out the one where i don't remember what their characters names are the one Jenny where Chen, the eternal with the jazz oh. where you're like she's like super nice and super p- perfect and everything and like 
her husband is having an affair, yeah. but then they turn around that that's a bad thing for her because he's having the affair. I just think that's so messed up anyways, but whatever. Uh, I just feel like that's such a distraction from the rest of the movie. I wish it wasn't even in well, it. Well, I think they honest. had to add it in because in the book, it's like a third of the book. It's sure. huge in the book. And then I think- Kind of should be its own next, movie then. The next movie is basically all about her. Yeah, the movie that they're trying to make. Yeah. 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 I don't well, know I mean, if they'll make it, but yeah. Well, and there's a big twist in the second- like. I don't know. I don't know how much I can reveal because I don't want to spoil it. For- you can reveal you it. It's fine. So? I'm not going to watch it, so I'm going to be fine. Okay, yeah. so basically, <laughs> well, read the book, you so. know, they find out that Rachel's father, her birth father, is actually like a bajillionaire in China, like mainland China. So mm, then you convenient. have this like okay. big conflict where at first they're like, no way, her dad's like this bajillionaire, but then they're all like, oh, but that's like nouveau riche, you know? Whereas like mm. Singaporeans are like, no, we're old dynasty money. Like, we stole right, these right. inglocks from the emperor himself you know to start the, to buy this land so um there's that kind of conflict that's the other big conversation that was coming up around this movie i remember because they make a point of saying like michelle yo you know like she has a husband who's never seen in this movie of who they were going to stunt cast for like the sequel like whether it was going to be jackie chan or D- donnie yen or or jet lee or someone Why? that audiences would know but like a martial arts actor no, just a, like a famous Chinese actor that like everyone would know. Just bring in Andy Lau. You want somebody? Oh you want somebody, right? The sexiest man in Asia. You bring Andy Lau. Oh my gosh, right? that, that is true. Uh, you should bring him. But. Uh, he still looks good, he Alice. Looks like he's amazing. almost seventy. I was just watching like a like a speech thing that he did, and I was just like, "You look freaking amazing." Yeah, good he's, for you, guys. Like. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. I guess Tony Lung will get it now. I mean, I love Tony Lung mm-hmm. too, but... But he looks not as good as Andy Lau. No, he he did the art actor aging, you know, where he's mm-hmm. like super intense. Andy Lau just has a good plastic surgeon. He doesn't have plastic surgery. Oh, everybody has no, plastic he surgery. Come he's on. He's natural. He's, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about a rom-com fantasy. Yeah. Don't he's, pop my uh-huh. bubble. <laughs> But I think Donnie Yen is also very handsome. Like, I think he's... And I think, he's just so angry, right? I think it's, yeah, well... He's not angry, but he's so good at what he does. I think that I'm, like, yeah. oddly attracted to, like, these specialists, you know? Experts. Like, these people, yeah, yeah, that are just, like, good at one thing. And I'm like, that is so cool and hot. Like, when he's Ip Man, oh, my God. Have you seen the newest... I was going to say, have you seen the newest uh, John Wick movie? Yes, I have. Oh, my gosh. Wait till <laughs> There is a move. Oh, if you guys do that, I want to be on. There's a move that Donnie Young does and then like, oh, you're so cool. <laughs> I love. <laughs> I just, I can't get over how cool he looks in that yeah, movie. Yeah, <laughs> like he loved showing him in there and he's just like blind and kicking everyone's ass. Like, it's so good. And then Oh, he's, is like, he good. blind in this one too? Oh. He's yeah, blind in this one too. Like, it's like his thing that he does. <laughs> oh, is that a thing? When, he was, what, he's uh, in three movies, hasn't he? He was in uh, the Star Wars movies. Blind. The Star Wars, he's blind, oh, he, oh. and there's another one he's blind too. Yeah, I haven't. I remember him being in the Star Wars movie, like just a clip before the next one where he would be yeah. featured more, and I didn't see that one. But um, yeah, he can do no wrong in my book. The cool thing in John Wick, though, Dave, is that he has these like little trackers that he slaps on the things that when someone walks by it beeps and then he knows where he has to go so it's actually really cool uh, he's echolocation yeah. so he's like a ninja dolphin yeah i mean basically later in the movie it, that goes away he basically just knows where everybody is but still in the, in the first part it's really cool <laughs> donnie Yen is interesting he is a great action movie guy but i feel like he can never break through because 
he never got out of that angry, I'm going to kick your ass persona. Like he, he yeah, needed he did. something to soften him up a little bit. No, there was a movie where he's like a teacher. Like it's basically, um, what's that movie about the teacher who like helps all those inner city kids? Like, oh, you know, uh, Mr. Car- no, uh, Dangerous Mind. Dangerous, Dangerous Mind. Yeah, he has a version. That's Michelle Pfeiffer. He has a version like that. Where he's like a school mm. teacher going into rough and tumble. Does he beat up the kids afterwards? <laughs> I don't know. Or? I didn't watch it. I was like, <laughs> yes. this is too sad. I need to watch this when I'm like needing a good cry. So I saved it. It's on my list. Just getting back to this movie. <laughs> I think from what I've read, because this book is so strongly satirical, I just don't feel like that really transfers no. in any meaningful way into the movie. And I wish it kind of leaned more into that. The, the, the author had a lot of creative control in this. I just want yeah. to say, like the novelist. Yeah. And I'm, I'm super fascinated by why he chose to go in a different direction. Maybe he wanted it to be more palatable to, like, general audiences. I don't know. I don't know what the you reason You don't think the producers is, were, were controlling the narrative? I mean... Possibly. From what Alice is describing, if it's not supposed to be a gross-out comedy, it feels American to say that we need that to entice our audience. Right. As like opposed to being... Like the kind of humor. Like, yeah, if Ken Jeong's character is not actually supposed to be in this film, then that's an American decision to bring sure. in yeah, a yeah, famous yeah. American Asian comedian to act like a fucking idiot, <laughs> and, you know, for 20 minutes, uh, which is what he does. He's good at it, yeah. I suppose. But it's also why I find him obnoxious sometimes because uh, it's a little too much. Like the book is quite serious and emotional, actually. And so I think that that would have bore a lot of non-asian viewers or non-readers of the book like you need it kind of that i don't know like people like my dad like who's watched it a million times like he's like he's like laughing at everything like he thinks it's hilarious you know yeah i'll say too one of my favorite things about this movie i don't know how much either of you will agree i actually really like how it's filmed and that like i like the flourishes of like the texting at the very beginning right yeah that was kind of new at the time but that was new at the time. It was. It feels like fresh and yeah. contemporary. Now it's like in every movie and we hate it. But back then it was kind of new. <laughs> but it like it starts off, it disappears. And then it kind of like they use the uh, mm-hmm. stylized uh, graphics at the end. Yeah. I don't know. I It but set me off on a it is, wrong You know movie, the but... beginning of the movie when it's like, oh my God, we just saw him walking with us. Oh, and yeah, like that. Yeah. Right. that happens. Like if you go around to like, a place in Chinatown sure. or like a Chinese restaurant. I'm like when cool you enough. go in, yeah. everybody's looking at you and they're doing the scan. Like it's, you know, like Terminator style, like where's this person from? What <laughs> level, like <laughs> income, what job, like did, 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 did. like it does that. Everybody's judging. I actually do that when I see Dave in public. I'm like, <laughs> you will not guess where I saw Dave. Behind. This is this is why I don't go outside anymore. You know, it's, it's easy to avoid. You just dig yourself into a cave. When I was a kid, because uh, the Korean community was smaller mm-hmm. and I would be on the TDC, my mom might get a call that some like some woman had seen me on the TDC. Like, yeah. That is oh, a right. thing, I right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, I'm just not cool enough. Like, I, I, I don't think if I walked into a Chinese uh, restaurant, people would be texting wow. <laughs> that I've but entered the it, building. It may not be like an immediate text, but it might be like if it was like a friend of a friend. Like, you know, it would be yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. saw David at blank the other day. And then I would ask well, you I about it. Well, I did text you when I saw your uh, picture at the library. Yeah. Libraries are for communists. Anyways, I keep reiterating the same point. I do like a lot of this movie. I just wish I loved it more than than what I did. Um, I just wanted to bring up one point about the whole like bachelor party scene or oh, scenes, I guess. Mm-hmm. I just need to bring up that this, uh, the whole, that whole setup 
shows you how lame I am because the whole thing makes me so uncomfortable because it brings up so many things that I do not want to do in a public situation, well, which is to. dance, be shirtless in front of other people, be in the middle of the ocean and not knowing what the bathroom situation <laughs> is like. It's like, this is all bad news for me. I couldn't do it. Well, it's supposed to, right? It's like so over the top. I do. I've always disliked bachelor party culture. Uh-huh. I think it's fucking weird when you hang out with people that are into it, it's no surprise that there tend to be the same people who want to hang out with guys so they can complain about their family life. Like, it's just, <laughs> there's something it's like fundamentally escapism. wrong. Yeah. Like, oh, you're about to commit your life to this, uh, let, let's say heterosexual, like to this woman. So let's have this last night to get as many hookers and strippers in your life before it's all like, why is that a, why is that the right thought? It's so fucking weird. I don't know. And then this one, you know, yeah. supposed to be funny. So they add a rocket launcher and a girl getting blown up behind him because that's hilarious. Like that's hangover level. Like it's sure. Well, you just it's start wondering. Very, like toxic masculinity. Like this is what guys want. And I know that again, it, it is a satire. So it's like very much exaggerated. But you know, yeah, it's kind of like douchey, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not kind of. It's like full on. I'm like, why isn't there a bachelor party where they're all like going to see a play or like playing settlers of Catan for six hours? Like that sounds fun to me. (laughs) Even the bachelorette party was similar, right? Like super like let's go shopping. Hoity-toity. Like, oh my God, this exclusive peek at this design. I don't know. I was just like, I would never want to go to that. Makes me. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm also like a grandma who's never invited to anything. So, well, the thing is, like, this is this is where I get like frozen. Like, if someone did take me to a situation where it's like grab everything or anything you want on a shelf (laughs) for a minute, I'm like, am I grabbing too much? Should I grab too little? I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know. Like, I just be I'd be so stuck in what I wanted to do. That's so awkward and such a weird flex. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it also talks. I think it talks about. It's a part of that whole like materialistic side of singapore that they're trying to like really emphasize right like where i would do like a i got invited to this like exclusive bachelorette b it's like hey you peon like take some of the take whatever you want you losers like ha 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 <laughs> <laughs> like make them- i'm richer than you yeah exactly yeah. is that how you pronounce that word is it peon yeah never said yeah, it yeah. out loud before <laughs> I, we I say know. it all the time <laughs> yeah when we describe uh, people we walk past peons. no it's always the worst is like you say a word you've only ever read out loud for the first time like i actually don't know I if know, i said that I'm correctly like, uh, that sounds weird but i'm glad i got it right haha i think i think you know the other part of that that was so jarring is that they pitch the bride to be when they first drive and go to the night market as this like super down-to-earth compassionate yeah, empathetic like, person right. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and then she like puts on this costume. You're like, I don't know what's going on anymore. Like I don't yeah. know. It, it was weird. Uh the night market seems fun. H- Helen yeah. really vibed that because that's like food. Taiwanese people love that too. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go to all those places and eat there. So Yeah, I love the food in Singapore and Taiwan, but Taiwan superior, I would say. I don't know. What's their culture? Yeah. yeah. Not that I've been, mm-hmm. but that's what you read. Helen what brought up, you know, like when we talk about a night market here, it's like you need you need food trucks from around the world. And like yesterday I was at Lilac Festival. I'm like, oh, I had a deep fried Brazilian thing. But she's like, you know, in Taiwan, night market is part of the culture. You go every night or whatever. Yeah. But every night, even though it's Taiwanese food, you'll find something you've never eaten before. And Mm. I think that tells you everything about 
how, particularly in Taiwan, but Asian people approach food. Mm-hmm. It's like it is part of their culture, not in a multicultural sense, but there's so much to eat. You can eat all kinds of stuff. Every time I see like a Southeast Asian fruit. I'm like, why would you ever put that in your mouth? It looks fucking disgusting. <laughs> and then like durian, she's like, when you open it, it smells like compost. But if you eat it, it's really good. I'm it like, like no. butter. Like you- yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no. Uh, the spikes <laughs> threw me off. The smell is definitely a no. And then uh, I wouldn't put that in my mouth. But that's why I'm closed-minded and a comregion. My mouth is open for business. <laughs> we we went to Bali. We had a snake fruit. Did you know there's something called a snake fruit? No, no that sounds no like idea. not a fruit. The, the outside is like snake scales. Ew. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But you cut it. It looks kind of like a kiwi. But it's like oh. if you're the first oh. human that saw it, why would you put that in your Never mouth? Go to it. Yeah. Dragon fruit is good. Yeah, like dragon fruit's fruit. really good. We had some good fruit in Taiwan. <laughs> really good. Okay. Well, let's do some backstory here, and then we'll we can wrap up the conversation. So this movie. Opened up August 15th of 2018, but uh, Mr. Kyle Marshall got to see it on August 8th. Nice. I'm just going to put that we're, out we're there. We're not talking about <laughs> weird Ragger. flex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is rated 3.5 on Letterboxd, has a 6.9 on IMDb, has a 74 <laughs> on Metacritic, but over on Rotten Tomatoes, the preeminent site of criticism. From 373 critics, it has a 91%, and from 10,000 plus users, it has a 76%. Alice is very upset. She turned off her video feed. She's she's <laughs> raging right now. No, sorry. I'm, I want to read my review. I want to know what yeah. I said. Oh, it is available on DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, it's also available to rent on both YouTube and iTunes. The budget for this movie was a very modest $30 million, but would go on to make $238 million worldwide. About 175 of that was from North America. So wow. it cleaned up kind of here. Can we underline one more point? I don't know, Allison, yeah. you probably haven't been listening, but Venom fucking made <laughs> over $800 million, that piece of yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to bring that up every episode. That's great. So disappointing. It's um, <laughs> plot description from IMDb is this honestly sounds like a, a marketing team got together and, and put this up. This contemporary romantic comedy based on a global bestseller follows native New Yorker Rachel Chu to Singapore to meet her boyfriend's family. Oh, That's no. what the plot description is. Oh, wow. Okay. We are going to play a game called Guess, Guess That, that, that Tag. I bring up my Bob Barker microphone. We have to decide what was the real tagline to this movie versus the two that I have completely made up. I forgot to look up what's coming out the week that this movie is coming out. But like, I don't know, Joyride is coming out. So I'm sure yeah, people want to go and see Joyride. The, uh, yeah. You want to talk about Asian That's what we're seeing for my birthday, by the way. Yeah. That's what uh, that's I'll watch that. we're going to go and see. It looks hilarious. Alice, I'm going to throw it to you first okay. to see if you can decide. So, again, one of these is true, two of these completely made up by me. So, is the real tagline for this movie, the only thing crazier than love is family. It's Asians. Was it? What is it? Will family be stronger? <laughs> Sorry. Second option, will family be stronger than love? Or the third option, these Asians are crazy. <laughs> I three. feel like three. the first one could be like um, from Fast and the Furious, but I think it's three. <laughs> Number three? Yeah. Okay. Dave, what do you think? I read them again. But use the only use a fake Asian accent because it was hilarious when Ken Jong did it. Yeah. The only thing crazier than love is family. Will family be stronger than love? Or these Asians are crazy. (laughs) Uh, I'll side with Alice. Even though uh, it sounds crazy, let's just uh, pick the silliest one. 
Both of you are wrong. The actual real one is number one. The only thing crazier than love is family. Uh, just, honestly, when you say it, it does sound like a Fast and Furious yeah. tagline, truly. <laughs> Which I just saw. Did you like it? Oh my God, don't get me. I hated it. And I'm a huge <laughs> yeah, I Fast did and too. the Furious head. And but nine was so bad. Why would 10 be did any you, good? I, that, that's a that's a different way. Did you like nine? I like nine better than I like 10. I did too. So <laughs> this, this is the, this, yeah, well, another movie review. Uh, plus it like ends halfway through the movie and I, that really made oh, me mad. Anyways, so no, my, my review on Letterboxd was a cliffhanger, the audacity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this movie stars Constant Wu as Rachel Chu, Henry Golding as Nick Young, Michelle Yeoh as Eleanor Young, Aquafina as Peek Lin Go, and Chris Pang as Colin Koo. Who's Colin Koo? He's in a lot of stuff. He is the uh, uh, wedding that they're going to, the first like wedding the that friend. they're going to. He got the guy getting married. Why did he get a higher credit than Gemma Chan? Uh, she's a subplot, Dave. Uh, she's yeah. like a main character in this film. She's a major star, though, yeah. too. I know. That's random. I don't know. There's like 75 people in this movie. I just, I took the top five from IMDb. Weird. I don't know what you want me That's to do. That's a weird listing. Sexist. She had more, she had more speaking parts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Although, or at least more camera time. She didn't talk a lot. I'm trying to think of, like, besides Michelle, I guess Michelle Yeoh and Aquafina obviously have had a pretty extensive career since this movie. Uh, Henry Golding, I know, is in that Netflix romantic comedy with yeah. uh, Amelia Clark called First Night Pass. and something else. The uh, <laughs> Guy Ritchie know. film where he's yeah, uh, um, gangster? He's a gangster. Constance Wu. Yeah, yeah, gangster. Constance Wu, I know, was on the uh, Fresh Off the Boat and... Um, she got canceled for Basically yeah. went away from Hollywood <laughs> for a while. And I don't know if anyone else has really had much of like an, a huge, huge career after this movie. I was going to bring this up, which I think is funny now in retrospect. She makes a Little Mermaid reference and she's in the new Little Mermaid movie, oh, yeah. uh, which I think is funny. She's like the fish, right? No, she's the uh, scuttle. She's oh, the, like the, the seabird. I didn't know that Sebastian was a crab. <laughs> yes. I always thought he was a lobster. I don't know. Yeah, well, lobsters have big tails at the end, and he doesn't have oh, one. Oh, right. And lobsters only turn red after they're dead. Yeah, what? that's right. You got to boil on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he just uh, had big claws. <laughs> he's, got, he's got big lobster energy is yeah. what we're trying to say. He's, <laughs> Uh, so and then of people you don't list, they made it bigger. Ronnie Chang is big now. Jimmy yeah. Yang got his own uh, comedy special Jimmy on Yang Amazon. Hilarious. He's also in another, yeah. Bro, yeah. yeah, I like Jimmy O Yang yeah. actually quite a bit. I like so. his bit that his dad's a comedian now. I had never seen his dad's comedy, so what? it's pretty funny. He's a pair. Hey, his bit, his dad is like an, an extra in a bunch of stuff now because he saw his son doing it. Yeah. So he's like, I can do this too, and he's basically That's has. So Asian dad, like, f you, kid, let me one up you and show you I can work harder. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then yeah, and then again, Gemma, Gemma, Gemma Chen became an eternal. Thanks, Gemma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there, there are people yeah. that got careers out of this for sure. I'm hoping one, maybe they can lead a movie here in the future, Dave. We'll see, I suppose. But. Mm, probably not. Harry Shum, do you guys, I want to know about the Harry Shum uh, snub, the cutting room floor controversy. Well, he's in the uh, mid credit scene inside this movie. Yeah. It sets up what the sequel is going to be. But you know. wasn't he, didn't he shoot like a bunch of footage and he was supposed to be a major character in this film? And probably. Probably. Out? I don't know. He was probably one of the bigger names actually going into this time, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Enough. yeah. <laughs> Oh, but I don't like him. No? Yeah. <laughs> I like his dancing, though. His dancing is great. Uh, I just realized where I know him from. So he's Ratatouille. It's Glee. Raccoon. Yes. Raccoon. Raccoon. Yeah. yeah. Raccoon. He's that yeah. guy, but he's also that guy. Yeah. He's, he was in Glee. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, he was in like something him. else. He's got a movie right now where him and his 
girlfriend, someone dying of cancer or something. Yes, that's the one Sounds I watched. Super funny. Yeah, it's funny. Rom com. No, no oh. <laughs> it's not supposed to be a comedy. I don't think rom com. Yeah, from the creators of Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> yeah, Harry right. Shum has cancer. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's awful. Have you guys done like Fast and the Furious or the Expendables or anything like that? No, it's never Weirdly, come up. No. Yeah, know. we've we've done four different years That's and we keep so hitting weird. in years like right before or after a Fast and Furious movie, well, which I would like to talk about. Let but me we... know when that happens because I'm ready. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ready and willing. <laughs> we should just switch the format and just attack dynasties. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, oh maybe. my god, yeah. just like yeah, anything with more than three movies. I have a at this point, a really hot take on the Fast and Furious franchise because I don't think the first movie is good. <laughs> the first one? <laughs> Which most people- You don't yeah, think that don't... driving under jacked up semis and stealing- uh, I mean, that was, TV... the, that was a selling point. I just don't think it's a good movie. No. But it got better after that. Yeah. That's why Vin Diesel wasn't in the second one. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so, cinematography is by name- By name. By cinematography name. is by a guy named Vanya Srinjal. Whose top four IMDb credits are this movie and then a bunch of TV. He did mm. The Deuce in 2017, Marco Marco Polo in 2014, oh, and The Gilded Age from 2022. Never so that one. Uh, those last two are very good looking stuff. So he, he knows what he's doing. Oh, you didn't like The Deuce? I've never seen it. Don't even know what it is. So <laughs> I wrote it down, but I, I don't Marco know what Polo that is. Marco Polo looks good. Yeah. Marco Polo was excellent that's the show where i learned that i'd been pronouncing his name wrong it's genghis khan mm. instead of genghis, genghis khan yeah mm. yeah I, so uh written by I'm peter Pirelli, and i didn't know that really everyone's a descendant no, koreans koreans pride themselves on being mongolian really mm. yeah there's a myth it's the blue spot on your butt if you're born and right. you have the blue spot on your butt then I you're mongolian yeah yeah, you have the lineage, and if you don't, then you're a fucking loser. But according yeah. to Twenty Three and Me, I'm still just Han Chinese. Yeah, I'm 100% Korean. There's no Mongol anywhere <laughs> in there. But uh, you know, that's what my parents want to hold on to, and good for us. If your lineage goes to Europe, you basically have some weird statistic, like a two in three chance of being descended from Charlemagne because he had so oh. many kids. He was, so. he was out slinging it. I'm really excited for when my son spits into a vial because i really want to know if it's 50 50 because uh i want to learn more about genetics because oh. helen's 100 percent taiwanese whatever the uh like not chinese taiwanese she's like taiwanese taiwanese like so, og yeah. like original yeah, yeah they they're proud of that too people. their whole family yeah comes from whatever is classified as taiwanese so i would love to see the split what happens if my butt is also blue, like right now? That's like is something that you should get anything? looked at immediately. Go to the doctor. Yeah. Got to lay off the grinder a little bit. Written by Peter Chiarelli and Adele Lim, based on the books by Kevin Kwan, directed by John M. Chu. Speaking of Step Up. Yeah, right. Talk about yeah, dance John, movies? Yeah. John Chu. Yeah. yeah, he would. Yeah, I we'll like talk about what up. he's gone on to do. But uh, so we'll start with novelist Kevin Kwan. He is of Singapore. He's a Singapore American, a youngest of three boys. His great grandfather was the president of a large bank in Singapore. And then a bunch of his family tree was both very important to Singapore as well as incredibly wealthy. But his family moves to Texas when he's 11, gets his degree in media studies from the University of Houston, then goes to get a BFA in photography, who would eventually work for a bunch of high-profile magazines. 
Then it comes to the year 2009. His father is dying of cancer, and Quan goes to help take care of him for the last 18 months of his life. Uh, and then this is where he gets the inspiration to write this book about crazy rich Asians because him and his dad are having these long conversations about family he, history. And he so he's grace. like, oh, I could make this into a book. Did you say it's a gross? Is no, he is grace. His intention, as well as what contemporary reviews pointed out, is that it was unique and that it captured modern Asian culture. Because most of the time, at least in fiction, it was either historical fiction, so from a long time ago, or was only centered in America around Asian okay. protagonists. So this was kind of new as far as in English stories about modern Asia. The book is positively received, spawns two sequels. The film rights are optioned pretty much immediately. However... The first offer, what the studio says, like, what we want to do is we want to cast a white woman in the lead. So what what Quan does is, like, I'll give you a deal. I will sell you the rights to this novel for $1 if I get to choose who gets cast in every area of this film. And they take that deal. So it's like, I'm not having a white person be the lead from this movie. They also decided to fund this film outside of American backing. So basically, this was what allowed them to have an all-Asian cast without any trouble. And then there was a choice. Quan and the other producers are approached by two studios. The first was Netflix, who basically rolled up with a bunch of trucks full of money to entice them to like, come to us, we'll give you worldwide distribution, look at all this money. The second studio was Warner Brothers, which was the less money but with a wide theatrical release. That's what they were promising. And they decided to go with the Warner Brothers because they wanted to prove that an Asian lead could make money at the box office. So it was this gamble that was not a slam dunk decision at the time. And like we were talking about, there were so many articles before this movie came out about whether or not this was going to pay off or not. I hope this shows that they can also have films that feature Asian robots. That will be true equality. Goes into production, films, starts filming in April of 2017, wraps at the end of June. So just over, so about a couple months. Just over a year later, it gets released, mostly positive reviews. Although there are some criticisms. And again, I am in no position to talk about this because I have no idea about having non-Chinese actors playing Chinese characters in this movie. That yeah. was a bit of pushback that they got at the time. Also, we should talk about how Singapore is not a Chinese country. They have mm. lots of different ethnicities sure. mingled Like they pride themselves place. on their multiculturalism. That's right. Uh, this also had many high-profile Asian actors and entertainers renting out theaters to have people come out and watch the movie. The other controversy happened a little bit later, in September of 2019. This is when screenwriter Adele Lim, who had co-written Crazy Rich Asians with Peter Chiarelli, left the production of the film's sequel following a pay dispute. So Lim had reportedly been offered $110,000 while her co-writer was offered $1 million for the same role. Seems fair. Seems super fair. Mm -hmm. Um, Lim stated that the pay difference represented a greater issue of sexism and racism in Hollywood as the industry views women and people of color as soy sauce or simply a means to add minor (laughs) cultural details to screenplays Uh rather than to provide a substantial writing role. And to his credit, director John Chu came out and supported her. She's like, he's like, yes, this is absolutely stupid to offer her that much less. The studio's reasoning was that the other writer had more experience, but I don't know. If you're co-writers, I feel like you should be paying the same same exact amount. The classic defense. But the but the <laughs> man the is studio, better at the job. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking... Oh, my lord. This is where it gets weird, because you would think that within the last five years, 
because it made money, you know, people were enthusiastic about this, that there would have already been a movie that had gone into production, but that has not been the case. Sequels and spinoffs are still planned. Nothing has officially gone into production. John Chu has gone on to do other stuff, so he probably won't be coming back as director if they do uh, do this, because he did the In the Heights movie and is now doing the two Wicked films that are currently filming. Two Wicked films? They're breaking it up into two parts, Dave. That is correct. Oh, do I think that's a stupid idea? Absolutely. But that's what they're doing. <laughs> what? I will say an official script for the sequel hasn't been written, although a different movie, which is a spinoff with the Gemma Chan and Harry Shum characters, is being currently written, but that also has not gone into production. So I don't know. There seems to be some weirdness going on with no. the future of this franchise. COVID didn't help. Yeah, it true enough. probably exacerbated a lot of Asian fear and racism. Certainly. I don't know, but they still made that other movie. Yeah, I think you still will. I think people are like begging for it. Like everything, well, everything, all everywhere, all at once is made by A24, and they don't give a fuck what they make. They yeah. just want cool stories. Yeah. Studios they just only that. give you 20 to 30 million bucks. That's yeah. their top end. Yeah, yeah like Warner Brothers is not going to do that. Right. Their uh, old right. white guys going to be like, nobody's going to watch this. If I want to <laughs> go to the theater, chomping on a big cigar. Yeah. <laughs> You mentioned, mentioned about multiculturalism, about it's not just um, Chinese people who live well, in Singapore. The only minorities in it are Sikh bodyguards. Yeah. You know, right. With right. non speaking parts. And yeah. They have house servants who, in reality, I don't know if they're portrayed this way, but probably were not Chinese. I think some, something that was really interesting, too, about the film is, you know, the amount of judgment that a single mother has in this film, like with mom being not only a single mother, but having fled, you know, from an affair and how she was basically like, mm. you have no choice but to start a new life halfway around the world because this is such a disgrace, you know? And I feel like a lot of Chinese culture still has and holds on to these types of prejudices. And then it is very toxic and sad because it tears families apart, you know? If, if that had been introduced a smidge earlier... And the mom wasn't a tokenism either, you know, where she's just like, oh, well, uh, your boyfriend saved us by flying me to Singapore. And now uh, I offer you to him again because yeah. true love, you know, just like, uh, it's a weak, it's just, yeah. it's like missing, yeah, it's missing the point yeah, a little bit. Because uh, we don't get to look at that trauma because that's really fucked up, right? I mean, I think maybe that's what I'm keying in on too, is that it doesn't feel like our main heroine is making a choice. No. You know what I mean? It's like people are giving her choices to, to, to make, but it's not like she's fighting through something. She's still very Asian. I don't know. Yeah. Still pretty funny though in places. Uh, but you know, it's like that question about good representation because we find it funny when Asian people are making idiots of themselves. Is that good or bad? Right? Like we, we watched only the clowns and then when it's supposed to be meaningful and deep, we fall into the same traps uh, to, to some extent. And like, well, I mean, you guys I, are right. Like after this, there was a lot more interest in putting together Asian-led films or Asian stories in front of white audiences. So th that is where I will say, like the the cultural significance is still there. I yeah. think from this movie, but maybe I should. You, you kind of wish for more. And it was just the Fascination Film Class that I saw two really good like Asian movies. Um, oh, did you see Rice Boy? I didn't see Rice Boy, but okay. I saw um, Dealing with Dad. Mm, and it was really good. It talks about adult Chinese adult man with depression and his grown ass kids who are trying to figure out like how do we navigate this and like solve this and is it our role? We hate him because he was a tyrant and yeah. 
interesting. Mm. As you, Dave, uh, rightly uh, uh, chastised me for, like, I mean, saying Asian is almost too broad because, you know, there's well, more to, to it than that. But I was yeah. just going to say that um, in Hollywood, if we're just going to keep it in Hollywood, it is interesting to see, like, yes, success of this movie. Then we have Shang-Chi, everything everywhere all at once. Parasite winning, like, best picture in 2019. But we also have, like, James Wan and Justin Lin being, like, very high-profile directors. Like, there does seem to be a change from... The different facets of the Asian diaspora, if you want to use a fancy word, that's coming into Hollywood. Justin Lin and and John Chu and all these guys, they were already big. I mean, they were making blockbuster films from like the early 2000s. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. There's just something. I mean, even when we use the word Asian, in America, it means Southeast Asian. In Britain, it means India and sort of Middle Asia. And then globally, it should include Persia the Arab nations yeah, yeah, and like all the way, it's the, it's a huge gamut. Like Turkey's part of Asia. People won't recognize Russia that. is part of Asia. Half Dave. of Russia is part of Asia. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, it's kind of a weird, it's such a weird thing. But like when I say Asian, I typically mean East Asian, you know, us East Asians discriminate against Southeast Asians, okay. right? I mean, if you're Chinese, Korean or Japanese, you look down on Cambodia, Laos, Malaysia, you look up to Singapore because they have money. But you don't, you know, you look down on Indonesia. Uh, like, it's just a weird, yeah. it's a weird thing. I well, mean, it's it is classism. Kind of like, yeah, it's ca- it's classism, but it's also like a caste system similar to what they have in India. Like, you know, based yes. on like tone of your skin, like where you're from, like that's super prevalent. Like, that's why Chinese and most Asian places, they're like so obsessed with having like white skin, right? Like it's gross, yeah. gross to be seen tanned or whatever, or embarrassing. Yeah. Like, yeah, in Koreans, I think, at least when I was growing up, darker meant you're from North Korea, which doesn't make any sense. And yeah, yeah, the blue butt thing, like, it's just, it's pathetic, but it is where we come from. So the comparison I was going to make, it's interesting they come out in the same year. So this is a film we'll probably be talking about at some point in the future, Dave. Anytime that there is like a step closer to, I don't even know what, like inclusion, equality, equity, however you want to term it. It never feels like it's enough, but it is a first step that you have to have to like get to where we eventually want to be. But this reminds me of um, Love, Simon, which also came out in 2018, which for like the LGBTQ community was like, oh my gosh, this is a major motion picture from a major studio with a gay character as the lead. This is a big deal. And it was a big deal at the time. But then like the criticisms are like, but with like the straightest gay person you're ever going to see in a film. You know what I mean? It's like it's important as a stepping stone. Hopefully, this re- makes it easier for the next person to do what they want to do. Uh, so it might not be as much as you want, but it's like it's one step. <laughs> it's uh, closer to where we want to want to get to. Maybe we need to change. I mean, we just need to change the terms of success, right? I mean, yeah. couching that in ticket sales or buy. And uh, you know, Kyle, we we talk about this a lot, but I I am not convinced that the numbers that they provide on uh, tax receipts from Hollywood are in any way defensible mm. or real but i don't know like how do you measure cultural impact intellectual importance it's tough without getting into this art house discussion you know like is crazy rich asians important because of its implied effect on the following films or were those films always going to happen anyways and this sure. was just one of them i mean we'll never know i mean this make any sense you know, uh, to look at things too historically but I like the point that you're making, though, David. It's it's like, is there a need to kind of have data and rank everything? Like, some things should just be enjoyed for the sake of being enjoyable. It doesn't matter if we didn't like it. There's definitely people who did, and people should be able to exercise their creativity and 
use resources however they like to you know create something i think sometimes like movies and tv shows actually like fail because of their like desire to try to turn into bell curve movie like the most mediocre you know that's what happened yeah, to yeah. fast 10 ah i can't <laughs> talk about it but well, like, and nine and technically eight no you know? <laughs> no 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 <laughs> which one's eight is eight the submarine or that was already no. the tipping point the nuclear sub <laughs> <laughs> right? Is that eight? Nine is space. Yeah. Eight is yeah, submarine. Yeah, nine. Nine broke me. I couldn't. Yeah, it's I'm a big like, fast, fast guy, but nine was yeah. Pushed but me you too know, far. like even when we talk about like work or pursuing your passion, it's kind of like not every hobby has to become a side hustle, right? Like that's you want to learn to knit. You don't have to create an Etsy for it, and like you know. But there is that kind yeah, of but then how do you know you're pressure. good at it? Exactly. Alice? There's this pressure. <laughs> this is why we need to bring back spelling bees and like state fairs and you know those kind of things so we can rank each other continuously um <laughs> i don't know but that's also like a super capitalistic construct right like rooted in white mm. supremacy like that's ranking right. you only yeah. have value if you make money exactly yeah so i don't know it's weird and like who controls the major motion picture world it's like america where it's like capitalism rules and so mm. i don't know that's and it's interesting that we're talking about this because singapore and i talk about this anytime anybody talks about Singapore but it's like how their country was be was able to develop so efficiently and successfully because they didn't base their elections and things like that off of just like money and campaigns and who had the most resources it was based off of like they call it a meritocracy right like where it's like best person for the job gets the job obviously that eventually mm. gets muddled over time it's not perfect but you know it's interesting because they knew that like the perils of capitalism would have on their society if it was if you allowed money to act first and something else even though singapore is like abundant in wealth like they have a really strong affordable housing strategy where every single singaporean owns their home like hmm. if you it doesn't matter if you're like a street sweeper or if you're like ceo of a multi like you get a home and you they get, it's like attainable home style it's not affordable housing where you're renting it's like you own that asset and then you can sell it later if you'd like but everybody gets mm. a home. So it's, it's interesting because they're quite socialist about it. We're done here. Well, the machine has said that we do have to wrap things up here. So <laughs> typical white in... guy. As soon as we start talking about some income equity, it's got to change Look subject. at the time. Right? I'm, uh... <laughs> You're like, I'm anyways. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get into the critics' choice here. This is the part of the show where we discover what critics thought at the time that this film was released. We usually pick a positive and a negative outlook. So I'm going to read from uh, Wenli Ma from news.com.au. So she's Australian who writes, it's a boisterous ride that you'll want to jump on time and again, still chortling with each rewatch. <laughs> boisterous and chortling. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Right to the heart, Dave. That's like that's how I like to write. <laughs> uh, you've selected for me, Kyle, a uh, review by Lee Shen Go from Bitch Media. I like it. Where did you find mm. that? <laughs> I, should, I should become a staff writer for this because God knows I whine a lot. Representing people in places ethically and truthfully entails a more thorough thinking through me uh through of meanings. Uh, thinking through of meanings and assumptions. Uh, okay, I just uh, of thinking through of meanings and assumptions. And crazy rich Asians represents people and places with so little thought that it upholds a painful, brutal hegemony that paint that's painfully apparent to people who live in Southeast Asia, where the film is actually set. That's mm. what they write. Yeah. Well, let's answer this question. Alice, <laughs> does this hold up and is it still culturally relevant? 
I think it's still culturally relevant. Does it hold up? I would say no. Like, I think we've moved so much further in terms of like just good movie making and better casting. So, you know, mm. I'm excited for the second one. I kind of am too. I do. <laughs> I feel like I've been super negative. It's like, I'd still go and see the second I one. So I don't know how. I would 100% see it, right? Like, it's like yeah. hearing into somebody's secret life. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I don't know. Does it hold up? Uh, I think I'm with Alice on that. I, I think... I, I know I missed the boat, right? I missed the boat, Kyle. That's a pretty good way mm. to put it, right? I wasn't that fresh. Watching it this time, I can understand why my wife liked it so much. I can understand why Alice likes it so much. And I'm surprised you didn't like it more, Kyle. I thought your white guilt would push you the other way. But it is, you know, there are better movies coming out. So it is, we're moving past that. Oh, like, I, I was going to say, the another one, it didn't get a theatrical release, because again, we were kind of at the end of, we're still in COVID, uh, was um, Are we? Fire Island. Did either of you watch Fire Island? No. no. It's supposed to be good, but... Uh, I do like it, but I do like Joel Kim Booster, so maybe that's also part of it. Bias. And Bo and Yang, both of them are Ooh. in that. I mentioned the Yellow Fever, right? Yeah, you mentioned yeah. it. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> sorry that I find a, an Asian man attractive. Maybe. It was, uh, it was, well, the question is, is it because they're Asian or because they're attractive? <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll admit it was fun. I had some good laugh out loud moments. Mm. Yeah. I do question, uh, the assembly of the film. I don't know. I wouldn't watch it again, but that's just me. I, I probably would. I wouldn't have a bad time with it. I think I may be with both. I, I still think there's some relevancy here, but yeah, there's probably been better achievements since Actually, this yeah, came out but. if helen says she wanted to watch it i guess i wouldn't leave the room like i yeah. had been doing for the last five years so <laughs> so we, we, i'm such an asshole how does she put up I with know. me for like we're Huffs away we're turning 23 this love, year isn't that fucking weird you know? like true love there should be a rom-com about you guys <laughs> yeah it would just be montages of me leaving rooms <laughs> All right, well, we do need to rate this film, but before we do, that is what Dave, Alice, and I thought. What do you think? You can send any feedback to Kyle and Dave vs. The Machine at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter or Instagram with the handle KDVSTM. If you want to see the entire list of films we've watched and the ratings we've given, you can go to our Letterboxd page. That's letterboxd.com slash KDVSTM. But let's get the rating of this movie. Alice, if you were forced to, what would you rate this movie out of five? Or what did you rate it out of five on your Letterboxd? On my Letterboxd uh, account, I rated it five. There we go. Five what about five. today? What about today? Is it still a five? No, today I would write it, rate it like a three and a half. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. Dave, what do you think? No, I, w I was going to Kyle this. I'm I'm going to give it a three, uh, which mm. is pretty high for me. Okay. I Yeah, I didn't hate it. I have a lot of questions, um, though. Well, it's weird because uh, then you are really Kyling it because that's what also I'm giving it is uh, is a three. That's what I, that's what I while, rated it. Eh? We haven't been on the same page in a long time. In a long well, time, I know. The movie brought us together. See, it's all about families. <laughs> it's all about family and crazy families. You know, it's it's again, it's it's fine. It's, I don't I don't hate it. It's it's fine. Um, but Dave, that does mean that we have to figure out where we put it onto our list. So does it tie? Okay, it does tie with one film, and that film, Dave, is The Incredibles Two. Oh my so god! So do you think we put it above <laughs> or below The Incredibles Two? Yeah, uh, above, I guess. I, it's above. I think so, too. Yeah. Easy decision there. So that means it's going to enter our list at the new number 11 position. Still uh, pretty high, yeah. That's very right high. above The Incredibles. Well, we've talked about 21 films. It's like literally right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> it's like right in the middle. So it's going above The Incredibles 2, right below Cold War. 
Which one is going? War. Which one was that again? That's the <laughs> That's black the and white one, the Polish, Polish film. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty. That's a pretty film. It's pretty, pretty yeah, looking. Um, not as funny though. Not as <laughs> yeah. funny as this film. <laughs> they should have put Aquafina in that. That would have bumped it up a, a full <laughs> would point. Would have been great. Yeah. All right, we should find out what we're watching here next week, Dave. I'm going to push this button. I think it's been a while. It's a long-awaited return of Mr. Thomas J. Cruz. So we are going to be watching Mission Impossible oh, yes. Fallout next week. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Alice is regretting her choice to be on this episode. All I of a wasn't sudden, I even think. given a list. I'm like, you guys watched like I gave you a list. No. You gave me no. You were like, you yes. didn't give me a list, and then now I find out you watched The Incredibles too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gave you. I didn't say. Oh, let's bring Alice Lamb for crazy rich Asians. Yes, you because- did. <laughs> now who's no. the racist? No. Now no. who's the racist? Um, okay. Uh, I unabashedly love the Mission Impossible yes, franchise, yes. so it's going to be fun to talk about this next week this, after a bunch of uh, blockbusters we've talked about, which are very, very bad. So how did Venom make $800 million, Kyle? Yeah, well, what's wrong with our society? So bad. Dave, if you were given a billion dollars, what's the first thing you would spend money on? <laughs> if I was given a billion dollars? Oh, shit, I've never thought about that. I would just, I would, I, I just really want to pay off this goddamn mortgage. I'm just, I hate, that's that's the first thing. Boring answer? Come on. (laughs) Libraries are for communists.